Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Coffee Dots in conversation with no boundaries. As long as it's about coffee, we talk about it. My name is Martin from the Coffee Dots. Today, we're talking about roasting, coffee roasting. The aromatic and gustatory qualities of coffee are developed by the high temperatures to which they are subjected to during roasting or broiling. Temperatures are raised progressively from about 180 to 250 Celsius degree or 356 to 482 Fahrenheit and heated for anywhere from 7 to 20 minutes depending on the type of light or dark roast desired. Roasting release steam, carbon dioxide, carbon monoxide, and other volatiles from the beans resulting in a loss of weight between 14 and 23%. Internal pressure of gas expands the coffee beans by 30 to 100%. The beans become a deep, rich brown and their texture becomes porous and crumbly under pressure. The most important effect of roasting is the appearance of the characteristic aroma of coffee which arises from very complex chemical transformations within the bean. Roasting too long can destroy volatile flavor and aroma compounds. For that reason, Robusta beans are often deliberately over-roasted as in a dark French and Italian roast to rid the coffee of its natural harshness. In the oldest method of roasting, a metal cylinder or sphere containing the coffee is rotated above a source of heat such as charcoal, gas, or electricity. In modern roasters, hot air is propelled by a blow into a rotating metal cylinder containing the coffee. The tumbling action of rotation ensures that all beans are roasted evenly. Regardless of metal used, the coffee, after leaving industrial roasters, is rapidly cooled in the vat where it is stirred and subjected to cold air propelled by a blower. Good quality coffees are then sorted by electronic sorters to eliminate those seeds either too light or too dark that roasted badly and whose presence downgrades the overall quality. Then comes grinding. Some coffees are left as a whole beans to be ground at the time of purchase or by the consumer at home. Much coffee, however, is ground or milled by the manufacturer immediately after roasting. In most modern roasting plants, greening is accomplished by feeding the coffee through a series of serrated or scored rollers set up progressively smaller gaps that first crack the beans and then cut them into the desired particle size. The degree of fineness is important. If a coffee is too coarse, water filters through too fast to pick up flavor. If it is too fine, water filters through too slowly and retains particles that deposit at the bottom of the cup. Then comes packaging. Effective packaging prevents air and moisture from reaching the coffee. Ground coffee alters rapidly and loses its aromatic 
localities within a few days if it is not put into hermetically sealed containers immediately. The air, especially in humid atmospheres, causes rancidity through the oxidation of fatty components. Modern packaging materials, plastic films such as polyethylene and complexes of aluminum and the cellulose are capable of conserving the quality of coffee for a time. The most satisfactory solution to the problem, however, is packing under vacuum or in an inert gas in rigorously impervious containers. At the turn of the 21st century, manufacturers responded to consumer desire for freshness and easy-to-brew system by producing single-cup coffee makers using coffee capsules, small disposable containers filled with a premised amount of coffee and sealed airtight to maintain freshness. Now, let's have a look at the difference between cold and hot brew coffee. There are both hot and cold methods of extracting flavor and aroma from ground coffee, and the caffeine content varies with the variety of bean and method of brewing. Generally speaking though, when serving five fluid ounces per se of Arabica instant coffee, contains about 70 mg of caffeine, while a serving of brewed robusta may contain 200 mg. In steeping or boiling, pulverized coffee is measured into hot water, which is set or boiled before being poured off the grounds. In percolation, water is brought to a boil in an on and fed up tube to a basket holding the coffee. After filtering through the coffee, the water drips back to the urn, where it is forced back up the tube and recirculated until the brew has reached the desired strength. In the filter or drip method, hot water is slowly filtered through the coffee and dripped into a receptacle. It is not recirculated. The espresso machine forces boiled water under pressure through finely ground coffee. Single-serve coffee makers also force hot water through coffee grounds. A French press, however, uses infusion to make the coffee. After the coffee has steeped in the hot water, a mesh-lined plunger is used to push the grounds to the bottom, leaving the coffee above ready to pour directly from the container. Many traditionalists consider French press coffee second only to the rich flavor of espresso. In vacuum brewing, steam pressure pushes heated water into a upper chamber which holds the ground. Once removed from the heat, Steam recondenses in the lower chamber, thus creating a partial vacuum. With the pressure now higher in the upper chamber, the brewed coffee is forced back down through the filter-topped spout into the lower chamber, where it is ready to drink. 
There is a long-standing tradition that the best way to serve coffee drinks is fresh and hot within moments of being brewed, though that is not necessarily the case. It is true that espresso should be enjoyed immediately before the high volatile aroma dissipate, but brewed coffee that is too hot not only can burn the tongue but also masks the full complement of flavors. Only after it has cooled slightly is one likely to capture more of the inherent flavor. In fact, professional coffee tasters typically wait five or six minutes before testing the brew. A more moderate temperature produces a more authentic flavor profile. Because of those effects, the temperature of water used for brewing should be calibrated to remain consistent from one brewing cycle to the next. Finally, high temperature is not needed to brew coffee as long as one is willing to wait about 12 hours. In cold water extraction, dampened grounds are left to sit and steep. When strained after some 12 hours, the resulting brew is a robust but smooth taste with the bitter acids and oils that traditionally accompany hot water extraction methods. The cold concentrate keeps well for up to two weeks when refrigerated. And it is ideal as a cooking ingredient as when making coffee ice cream. Did you know about cooking with coffee? Water is not the only vehicle for conveying coffee's character once it has left the bean. Coffee can also be made in alcohol or oil. Although coffee made that way is not good for drinking, it has interesting culinary applications. Coffee extracted into alcohol, for example, makes a useful ingredient for crafting cocktails. It can also be a good way to add a small amount of coffee aroma to a sauce without adding bitterness. Most of the bitter compounds are not extracted if pure ethanol such as Everclear is used. The resulting concentrate is analogous to vanilla extract. Coffee made with a mixture of water and alcohol can produce a bit if not the best of both worlds. The pure smooth character that alcohol attracts plus the extra taste compounds that water draws from the coffee. Vodka, a pure neutral spirit diluted with water, is a great candidate for that approach. If one uses pure fats such as a neutral cooking oil or clarified butter to make coffee, only the fat soluble aroma compounds in the beans will be captured. That does include most of the aromas, but it carries none of the compounds that contribute to taste. In certain cases, that may be the desired effect. There too, a greater balance can be achieved by adding some water to the mix, melted and clarified butter or heavy cream both contain plenty of water, for example. Cream, infused with freshly crushed coffee beans produced an intensely flavored ice cream. Because espresso is extracted at higher pressure than coffee brewed other ways, the compounds drawn off the beans are more volatile 
and dissipate quickly, which is why espresso should be consumed immediately. By the time espresso is integrated into a dish and the cooking or preparation of the liter is complete, the peak flavor of the coffee has been lost. From the coffee dots, we close this episode. And until next time, my name is Martin saying Kwaheri. <laughs>